This episode of the Mainly Plants podcast is sponsored by Health IQ, an insurance company that helps health-conscious people like whole food plant-based, vegans, runners, cyclists, weightlifters, and vegetarians get lower rates on their life insurance. Go to healthiq.com slash MPP, as in Mainly Plants podcast. That's healthiq.com slash MPP. To support the show and see if you qualify today. This is the Mainly Plants Podcast. My name is Ryan Furman. I am a certified plant-based nutritionist and personal trainer. The website is mainlyplants.com. Uh, you can find me on social media at mainlyplants, and uh, you can contact me through there, through the website, or you can email me, ryan at mainlyplants.com. If you're going to do some Amazon shopping, head over to amazon.com slash mainlyplants. It uh, helps me Help you guys out by uh, supporting the the, the the podcast here. Helps keep the lights on, if you know what I'm saying. So, um, before we get into today's topic, uh, which is turkey and, and poultry in general, I wanted to cover just a, really quickly a couple of questions that keep coming up. And the first one has to do with supplements. I get a lot of people who ask me what supplements I recommend, what kind of multivitamin I recommend, you know, what supplements do they need, what, that kind of stuff. And the answer is always the same. Uh, it's kind of two-part. Number one is, I don't know. And number two is, provided you're eating a varied whole food plant-based diet, the only supplement that you need to take is B12, because the only one that you can't get through eating a whole food plant-based diet. Now, back to point one, why don't I know? Well, because I don't know you, and I don't know your um, your blood test results. I don't know if you have any disorders. I don't know if you have any you know deficiencies. So it's hard for me to say. And if you haven't gotten a blood test lately, you should. You should get one at least once a year. It's not that expensive to do once a year. And it'll really tell you comprehensively if anything's going on inside you. Whether it be body inflammation or high cholesterol or your hormones are out of whack or whatever it is. But based on that, yeah, you might need some supplementation. But provided that everything's fine with the blood tests and you don't have any kind of deficiencies or disorders or diseases and you're eating a varied whole food plant-based diet where you're getting the nutrients that you need just through consuming, then you don't need things like a multivitamin because you're getting all that through your food. You don't need things like you know protein supplements. You don't need vitamin D supplements if you go outside and you know, 10 minutes a day in the sunshine. So again, provided you're eating right, you don't need it. Again, the caveat is get your blood test done and make sure that everything's all right with you. The other question that I get frequently is how how do I explain things to people who are argumentative about the whole food plant-based diet? Meaning, you know, it happens a lot. We're all encounter people and you know, they like to debate me or try to debate me on how I can't get enough protein from a plant-based diet, how humans are supposed to eat meat and yada, yada, yada. And 
what it really comes down to is this, and you kind of have to gauge it for yourselves. Is this person open to learning? Is this person open to the idea of a plant-based diet, or are they just being argumentative and contradictory? Because if they're being, and you can kind of tell, you know, you, you can you can gauge it for yourself, but if they're being, you know, argument, argumentative and contradictory and, and just trying to prove a point, then I won't even say anything to them. I'll say, okay, whatever, you, you know, you're right. Okay, good luck. Because there's no point to it. If that person is not open to learning, then it doesn't matter what you say. You're never going to change their mind. Only people who have an open mind will benefit from what you tell them, provided you're telling them correct information. So if they are open-minded, then yeah, go ahead and and spout out some facts and whatnot. But you kind of have to gauge it because you don't want to waste your time and you don't want to get into an argument. And and it's really not about that. You know, you can't push people. People have to get there on their own. You know, I, ha- I know people and I have friends who I would love to see them eat healthier and get more physical activity. And, you know, I might nudge them here or there. But in the end, you know, I, there's nothing I can do. They have to make the conscious decision that they want to get healthy and change. And then once they make that decision, I am here for them 150%. But I'm not going to sit there and argue with somebody. There's just no point in it. Because, you know, I can sit there and talk to somebody and give out fact after fact after fact. And they can sit there just shaking their head. And it's not going to get us anywhere. It's just a waste of time. So moving on, let's talk about turkey and poultry. Okay. So while animal protein intake is generally associated with weight gain, poultry, such as turkey, appears to be the worst. Okay. Associated with 40% more weight gain than red meat or processed meat. Now this might come as a shock and surprise to you guys because a lot of people will you know opt for turkey burgers or chicken breast or turkey breast or whatever uh, because they feel that they are making the healthier decision. But there was a study correlating chicken consumption with weight gain, and it was performed in one country on about four thousand people, and the study included four other countries and eighty nine thousand people. And animal protein intake was associated with long-term weight gain, and poultry was the worst, associated with, again, 40% more weight gain than red meat or processed meat. Now, why poultry? And, you know, yes, they're, they're so fatty these days because of the way that we've genetically manipulated them, up to 10 times more fat and calories than poultry used to have. But one bizarre theory was that it might be due to an obesity-causing chicken virus to which one in five obese humans tested positive. That's scary shit, right? And those with exposure to the chicken virus averaged 33 pounds heavier than those testing negative. There's a lot of weird viruses out there. Have you, just a quick aside, have you heard about this, this virus that ticks, ticks can transfer to humans? You get bit by a tick... There's a virus, not, you know, it doesn't happen 100% of the time, but there's a virus that some ticks um, carry that makes humans allergic to meat, which I don't know, might not be so bad. Anyway, so the, the chicken virus was the first to be associated with human obesity, but it's certainly not the last, right? It's similar to chicken embryo uh, lethal orphan virus, which is common among poultry in the United States. It's probably because we have terrible standards. 
Now, the, the original obesity-causing chicken virus was able to effectively transmit obesity from one chicken to another when they were caged in the same area together, similar to what was called endovirus number 36, which was a human obesity-associated virus first reported to cause obesity in chickens and mice, and it spread quickly from one chicken to another via um, nasal, oral, and fecal excre excretion and contamination. And if you've ever seen pictures of you know, factory farm chicken coops or quote-unquote free-range warehouses, there's a ton of that shit everywhere. Now, that, of course, raises serious, uh, serious concerns about the transmissibility in people. Now, the easiest way to test this is to just experiment, experimentally infect humans with the virus and see how fat they get. Now, for ethical reasons, that's not really doable. Um, and so the evidence is a bit indirect. Now, in the absence of that kind of direct experimental data, we really have to rely on population studies, like how they correlated smoking with lung cancer. You can't force people to smoke a pack a day, but there are people that smoke on their own and we can see if they get more lung cancer, right? Now, similarly, about 15% of Americans are already infected with this virus. So let's just follow them out and see what happens, right? 1,400 Hispanic men and women were followed for a decade, and not only one were those exposed to the virus fatter than those who were not, but over 10 years, those with a history of infection had a greater percentage of body fat over time. Most studies done to date, to, uh, blah, blah, blah. most studies done to date on adults have found a connection between exposure to this virus and obesity, and all. 100% of the studies done so far on childhood obesity show an increase in prevalence of infection in obese compared to non-obese children. If you have kids, this should be scaring the shit out of you, especially if you're feeding them poultry. Now, we're up to more than a thousand children studied with similar findings. So, obese children who, who tested positive for the virus weighed 35 pounds more than children who tested negative. Forget if you're an adult. 35 pounds is a shit ton of weight, no pun intended, uh, for a child, right? I mean, you pack on 35 pounds as an adult, I mean, you, you turn into a fat fuck, but as a kid, that's that's a lot, a lot of weight. Now, the virus appears to increase the number of fat cells by mobilizing fat cell precursor stem cells, and then may increase accumulation of fat within these cells, which is crazy scary because this virus is actually manipulating your stem cells. Now, if you take liposuction samples of fat from people, the fat cell precursors turn into fat cells about five uh, times the rate in people who came to the liposuction clinic already infected. The fat taken from non-infected people exposed to the virus starts sucking up fat at a faster rate, so may induce obesity without increasing food intake, meaning these cells are like little vacuums for fat and you can be eating the same amount but they're sucking up more of that fat so you're getting fatter off of the same food just like in the endovirus 36 that i mentioned earlier infection can be transmitted transmitted horizontally from one infected chicken to another in the same cage and then they subsequently became obese now the same virus is also easily transmitted among humans now, this raises the question as to whether at least some cases of childhood obesity can be considered an infectious disease. 
Now they speculate that this animal endovirus may have mutated to become a human endovirus capable of infecting humans and causing obesity, which is really, really scary. You know, I keep saying that, but it is. I mean, you, you get fat from poultry because of a disease. They're, we're literally infecting ourselves to become fat. Now, when it comes to turkey, gaining a few extra pounds isn't the only concern. Uh, with a high fat content, poultry appears to promote diabetes and the development of pancreatic cancer far more than any other animal product. Potentially, raising one's risk of pancreatic cancer by 72% for every 50, per, or 50 gram, gram increase in daily poultry consumption. Turkey consumption may also cause the rapid uptake and accumulation of the neurotoxin Harman. It's H-A-R-M-A-N if you want to Google that. And it's linked to things like uh, essential tremors, cancers, and Parkinson's disease. Now, hand tremors are becoming more and more prevalent in at least America, and this is thought to be a reason why, because of the massive increase in poultry consumption. And by association, this consumption and accumulation of Harmon. Now, turkey meat may contain toxic chemicals and life-threatening bacteria. Processed turkey meat appears to come pre-packaged with cancer-causing agents containing dangerously high levels of nitrosamines. Now, this is the same chemical compound considered to be the most carcinogenic agents in cigarette smoke. I say it all the time. Would you, if you are giving your kids meat and, I mean, let's talk about everything real quick. If, we're, if you're giving your kids any kind of animal product that have been shown to be carcinogens on the same level as cigarettes are, would you also give your kids cigarettes to smoke? And if not, why? I just don't understand the disconnect. Now, workers in poultry slaughtering and processing plants have significantly increased risk of dying from certain cancers, including those of the cervix, penis, liver, and pancreas. Now, it's a, a phenomenon that might be explained by the increasing presence of cancer-causing uh, viruses in poultry products. Let me reiterate that. P workers in poultry and slaughtering processing plants are dying from greater rates of cancer. One of those being penis cancer. Dudes, do you want... Oh my God. Can you imagine getting penis dick cancer? Oh, it would be the worst. It'd be the worst. I mean, no, every cancer is awful, but your manhood too? That's like a, that's like a, a two for one. And men who regularly consume poultry have four times greater risk of developing prostate cancer compared with non-poultry eaters. Now let's talk about prostate cancer, all right? But not before I tell you about Health IQ. Health IQ, great sponsor for the show, uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people like those who are whole food plant-based, vegan, cyclists, strength trainers, weightlifters, crossfitters, pretty much if you live any sort of healthy lifestyle, if you're into if you're into any kind of, you know, yoga, whatever it be, whatever sect you are in, they have a plan for you. Okay? And Health IQ uses science and data to secure those lower rates on life insurance. 
And what you need to do is you, you need to go to healthiq.com slash MPP. That's MPP, like Mainly Plants Podcast, to see if you qualify and to support the show. But you can qualify for up to 33% savings by using just one of the following methods. You can take a Health IQ quiz and score elite, which if you're into that lifestyle anyway, should be pretty easy. Or if you can verify membership to a qualifying association or gym for more than a year. And if you're not sure about if you if your gym qualifies, you can just give them a call and find out. Um, and then mention MPP to whatever agent you talk to over the phone. But, uh, but they can reduce your chance of being penalized for adverse family history if you are otherwise healthy. And how many times have I talked to you guys about needing a company that does exactly this, that gives you discounts because you do choose a healthier lifestyle, okay? So to see if you qualify, again, get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash MPP or mention the promo code MPP when you talk to a Health IQ agent. Now let's talk about that prostate cancer, okay? Now it's been eight years since there was a study done called the Ornish Study. And it suggested that 12 months on a strictly plant-based diet could reverse the progression of prostate cancer. So, you know, a lot of questions arise, and one of them is, how are they able to get a group of older men to go vegan for a year? Whole food plant-based vegan. Well, they, they home-delivered prepared meals to their door, um, figuring that, you know, men are just lazy enough to eat what's in front of them. But what about what's out in the real world? Realizing that you can't even get most men with cancer to eat a measly five servings of fruits and vegetables, researchers settled on just trying to change their AV ratio, which is the ratio of animals to vegetable proteins. And they were, in fact, successful in cutting this ratio in half um, from about two to one, animal to plant. To, so basically, they were half vegan. Okay, And then from half vegan, they went one to one. So how'd they do? Well, their cancer slowed down. The average PSA doubling time, which is an estimate of how fast the tumor is doubling in size, in the half vegan group slowed from 21 months to 58 months. So the cancer kept growing, but with a part-time plant-based diet, again, this is half plant-based, they appeared to be able to slow down the tumor's expansion. Now what Ornish got, who put on the study, the Ornish study, was an apparent reversal in cancer growth. The PSA didn't just rise slower, it trended down, which could be an indication of tumor shrinkage. So the ideal AV ratio is closer to zero, if that makes sense. Animal proteins to um, plant proteins, basically whole food plant-based. Just to make it easier, the ideal way to eat to reverse cancer and shrink tumor growth is whole food plant-based. If there's just no way to get somebody that you love to go vegan and you have to just kind of take half measures, what might be the worst A and the best V? Well, eggs and poultry are most likely the worst, um, respectively doubling and potentially quadrupling the risk of cancer progression in this study alone, which was done at Harvard, uh, for those of you who aren't sure if it was done through a reputable source. You can look this up. It's all peer-reviewed. Uh, it's not industry funded twice the risk eating less than a single egg a day, quadruple the risk eating less than a single serving of chicken a day. So just a, even, you know, I get a lot of people, what if I just have eggs like once a week or, or you know, just a little bit of chicken? Well, 
I mean, I guess how much, how sick do you want to be? You know, it's the same thing. Well, how many cigarettes would you smoke a day? Would you smoke half a cigarette? Would you smoke two cigarettes a week? Just fucking just stop doing it. You know, it's not that, it's not that great. Even the taste, like, you know, try eating just a plain chicken breast. No seasoning. Doesn't taste very good. You season your meats and, and animal products with plants. So just eat the plants outright, skip the disease and disorder, and get all the flavor and benefits. Countless benefits. So what if you could only add one thing to your diet? Well, again, we're talking about prostate cancer here. Cruciferous vegetables. So basically less than a single serving a day of either broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, kale, those are all cruciferous vegetables, have been shown to cut the risk of cancer progression more than half. And that's defined as cancer coming back, spreading to the bone, or death. So this animal-to-plant ratio might be useful for cancer prevention as well. For example, in the largest study ever ever performed on diet and bladder cancer, just a 3% increase in the consumption of animal protein was associated with a 15% higher risk of bladder cancer. That's five times as much, okay? Whereas a 2% increase in plant protein was associated with a 23% lower risk. So basically what I'm getting at is that these tiny little changes in your diet, for good or for bad, ripple tenfold, right? So just a little bit of animal protein causes a lot of damage, whereas just a little bit of plants cause a lot of health and, and, and repair that damage. Now, turkey feed, more often than not, contains antibiotics, which have been shown to foster the growth of drug-resistant pathogens, including E. coli and salmonella, which causes more deaths and hospitalizations than any other foodborne illness. They might be saying, well, Ryan, there was just a recall on, what was it, romaine lettuce for E. coli? Yeah, shit happens sometimes. But if you look at it over time, the amount of of pathogens found in plants is exponentially lower than those found in animal products. So, namely poultry. You, you know, you, you always hear about how how um, dangerous it is to eat eggs or poultry raw. It's because of all this shit that needs to be cooked off, right? Hopefully cooked off. Not, not even all the time. Um, where was it? Okay, so in 2011, there was a study done that found that 47%, 47% of American retail meat tested was infected with Staphylococcus bacteria. Um, with that same bacteria present in 77% of turkey samples. Now, turkey was also found to have the, the highest amounts of flame-retardant chemical pollutants. So most poultry, including turkey, is injected with phosphorus preservatives, which appear to increase the growth of food poisoning, uh, what's, what's called Campylobacter bacteria. Okay, Campylobacter bacteria. And it, it damages the blood vessels, and it accelerates aging and contributes to osteoporosis and osteopenia, which are, you know, brittle bone disorders. And they function as an arterial toxin. Furthermore, many birds are fed arsenic-containing drugs that are apparently converted by cooking into 
carcinogenic inorganic arsenic compounds. And these harmful effects are magnified by feeding poultry the leftover guts, heads, feet, uh, manure, and feathers of other slaughtered birds, which are often later laden with that tarsic, in turn leading to increased arsenic exposure in humans who eat that meat. So basically, these uh, uh, birds are, you have to remember, birds are pretty much dinosaurs. They are savage little fuckers, okay? Yeah, chickens and stuff are cute, and little chicks are cute, but when they are hunting, they're savage, and they will cannibalize. And if a chicken dies in these massive, you know, factory farms, these chickens will tear it apart and eat it. Not 100% of the time, but sometimes. And so basically, it's kind of like what happens in, in the ocean with the food chain of fish and pollutants in there. They keep consuming each other and increasing their pollutants, increasing the arsenic in them. And then humans eat them, and then they get this massive intake of arsenic. Now, sliced turkey has also been found to be contaminated with uh, BPA, which is found in plastics. And, you know, I whenever I, like, buy canned goods or water bottles or anything like that, I always make sure that it's BPA-free because I don't want that shit leaching into me. But a lot of y'all are eating it. You don't even realize it because it's found in poultry. And BPA has been linked to diabetes, erectile dysfunction, and, of course, the number one killer in our nation by far, cardiovascular disease. Now, dudes, again, you know, I don't mean to keep harping on this and, and kind of talking to the, my man friends out there, but even my lady friends out there, um, you know, talk to your men about this because turkey poultry consumption, uh, again, increases a lot of different cancers, one being penile, and two can give you ED. And that's not fun for anybody, whether you're a dude or a girl. Um, so, you know, give it a second thought next time you think that turkey is healthy. That's all I got for you this week. Please continue to support the show. Um, go onto iTunes, sub uh, subscribe, rate, uh, leave a review, and get over to healthiq.com MPP. It costs you nothing to apply. And, you know, especially for my, my um, parent friends out there, whether you're an expecting parent, new parent, or you're already a parent, uh, you should have life insurance. And why not get it for cheaper, right? So, that being said, I hope you all have a great weekend. And until next week, go eat a salad. <laughs>